Go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both no and yes. We Read Books Podcast. Yippee, skippy. <laughs> <laughs> we read books and then we sit down in this room and we talk about them. And hopefully you find it just as entertaining as us. Because we clearly find ourselves fairly entertaining with all the laughing we do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're hilarious. We that's are just, hilarious. That's just it. <laughs> facts are facts. Exactly. Facts. <laughs> And that's Wit. And that's Mad. And we are the whole team. Yep. This two-person little rowboat of ours is the crew. Little tugboat. <laughs> Let's see. We've got some social media. We are on Instagram at We Read Books Pod. We're on TikTok at We Read Books Pod. And our email is We Read Books Pod23 at gmail.com. Pretty easy to remember. We hope. Super easy. <laughs> I do. We do always link them in the notes in, of the episode description. So if you don't remember, just look down there and it yeah. says it. So. We try to make it as easy for you as possible. Yes. Worry-free. Yes. But uh, so this week we're continuing our Middle Earth journey with the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The journey begins. After it already began. (laughs) It did sort of begin. But it paused, so it's beginning (laughs) again. It was a soft opening with The Hobbit. Mm Mm-hmm. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) We did The Hobbit a while ago. It does feel like a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh, especially in episode time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, The Hobbit's so good. It is so good. So, obviously, this is the first installment of The Lord of the Rings, the sequels to The Hobbit, I guess. Yeah. Semi-sequel. Not initially intended, but eventually intended. Eventually intended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. George R.R. R. Tolkien is the author. I feel like I still sound nasally a only, little. Only a smidgy, and I didn't notice it until just now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, felt it. <laughs> I've been uh, sick, fair listener, uh, last week, from like Wednesday to probably like Saturday morning. I I just thought the Lord hath cometh <laughs> to taketh me, <laughs> especially like <laughs> Thursday. The fact that you still worked from home astonishes me. If you felt <laughs> that poorly, uh, it was really like the main points of the day where I felt just the absolute worst was like when I first woke up in the morning Mm -hmm. and towards the end of the night. So when you weren't distracted by work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like the middle of the day, I felt okay, but I was also taking like eight ibuprofen. You got to. A day. I was going to say, uh, hopefully a day and not at a time. No, not at a time. (laughs) I would take four at a time, but... You know... I've been known to do that myself. Yeah. 
I I think the most I've ever taken at a time was five, which is a lot. That's bold. <laughs> Whenever any time I've had like a migraine and I didn't have Excedrin. Oh yeah, you got to do what you got to do in that case. <sighs> yeah. So that's only happened a handful of times, really. That's good. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But what's weird is my head wasn't hurting that bad. Mm-hmm. It's just that the pressure from my sinuses was really intense. Yeah. And whenever I would take the ibuprofen, I think it's the anti-inflammatory properties of it would, mm-hmm. like, reduce that. Yes. So it wasn't necessarily a pain. I just noticed that it helped. Yeah. Well, good. So, I don't know. But <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> and uh, I didn't take any days off while I was <laughs> sick. Luckily, my job let me work from home. Very so. nice. Very nice indeed. Yeah. But anyway... On to... Middle Earth. Middle Earth, (laughs) where they never talk about sicknesses. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they're very lucky in that. Their their journey was arduous enough. (laughs) I know. They didn't need illness to come in and add another log on the flame. Absolutely not. But this gem was written, as we already said, by J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, or Tolkien. People say it differently. I always say Tolkien, but I don't know which one is more correct. I wish we could ask him. We could ask his son. He would know. Hey, Chris. <laughs> hey, Chris. Uh, <laughs> this one was published July 29th, 1954. And uh, what's interesting is that The Hobbit came out in 1937. So it took Tolkien 17 years to put out the sequel. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this puts Maddie's woes <laughs> into perspective. <laughs> it does. It does. I, uh. Just actually found out that little blurb, like, today. Nice. And I was like, well, there is still hope for the winds of winter. (laughs) I think I've already said this before, but every time something, (laughs) like, bothers me or just really irks me, like, in my head I hear Maddie's voice go, winds of winter! (laughs) And it makes me instantly feel better. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you're always with me, buddy. <laughs> I love it. For any fair listener who is alongside me waiting on the winds of winter to arrive, last report is it was 75% done. That's 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 a good number. That's that's a larger number than I mean, you know, that's almost that's closer to done than not done. That's true. That's what I'm trying to say. That's true. <laughs> and in regular novel terms, he could just publish what he has because... Oh, I'm sure. 75% of a Song of Ice and Fire novel is probably like a thousand pages. Just, you know what? Take the last 25% and release like a novella or whatever, a, a little short yeah. one. He Yeah. If he feels like it still kind of belongs together, but he, you know, has can't just can't get there, you know, just release what you've got. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and give us the other part when you're ready. Just, you know, this well, isn't this isn't a cake, okay? You don't have it doesn't have to be completely finished, you know. For for real. Just just it's more like a cookie. It's it's mostly done. It's a little gooey in the middle. Okay. Give just, it to us. <laughs> just release it, George. Maddie needs it. George. George is getting old and if he does not release this book, he is never going to finish the series. Does he have someone he's entrusted with his secrets? stories i do not know i'm sure this is important but (laughs) i would rather not yeah if we're all just being honest (laughs) 
but I digress. <laughs> Probably going to be talking about this forever because he's yeah. never going to release them. I'll hold on hope for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm depressed. So, yeah, moving on. Tolkien did uh, intend for the what we call the trilogy to be one book. That would have been a big boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're really separate volumes of one book. Gotcha. Which kind of makes... Uh, I know we talked about we've talked about Lord of the Rings movies multiple times but how they filmed them all like continuous instead of like yeah having separate filming sets kind of makes a little more sense it does he was really in the mind of yeah of Tolkien Tolkien (laughs) so because and there's no break like I uh I always forget because I watched the movies so many times Mm -hmm. And I've watched the movies a lot more than I've read the books. I've probably read them a handful of times yeah. each, but I've watched the movies, like, a ton. It's so much easier to consume. It is, yeah. The film. And they're so enjoyable, too. They really are. I forget that where it ends, where the film ends, is just, it ends just a little bit later than where the book ends. I noticed that. I was like, something's missing. But poor, poor Sean Bean could have been in two movies. I know. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Such is his curse as an actor. Oh, he just I, he just Game of Thrones, my man. <laughs> he just kicks it well, you know? He does a good job. He's Too a good true. actor. <laughs> he is. What was he I saw him in something recently that was not <laughs> Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. Equilibrium? No. Is that what it's called? That Christian Bale movie? It wasn't that. Oh, damn it. I have lost it completely. It might come to me later, but... If she shouts a random movie title, we'll know. (laughs) (laughs) Dakota always... If we watch any movie that has... That's, like, set in the UK... Yeah. There's always either a Harry Potter actor... Oh, yeah. A Game of Thrones actor, or both, because, like, Argus Filch Mm -hmm. is also in Game of Thrones. And anytime we're watching a movie and I see one of them, I'm like, that one's in Harry Potter. That mm-hmm. one's in Game of Thrones. I feel like there's a lot of things that have a lot of crossover, especially if they're made there. But, yeah. like, I think Doctor Who and Harry Potter have a lot of crossover as yeah. well. So. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm surprised Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter didn't have any crossover, but they were filmed at the same time, a lot of it. Yeah. So I guess that They were pooling sense. from different... Demographics. Yeah. 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 True. You can't be in both. You got to pick one. I know. Gee, let me think. Do I want to go live in New Zealand for three years? Yes, please. Yeah. And we would have had to have been from the UK to be in Harry Potter. So we would have just stayed home. You know what, though? There are two American actors that I know played extras. Yeah. So I could have been an extra. I would have sat back there. I know. (laughs) And not spoken. I know. But whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Instead of speaking about the secret characters we wish we were in Harry Potter, I suppose we could talk about the characters that actually are in (laughs) Fellowship of the Ring. Aww. Okie dokie. Starting off, we got Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins. He's back at it again. Yep. Up to his same tricks. (laughs) Up to his His old... adventurous tricks. That burglar. (laughs) Just out here burgling. He's a... If you don't know, he's, he's a hobbit. He's a hobbit. One of the well-known hobbits, I would say, of this age, anyway. Yes. 
Yes. And after his antics in The Hobbit, mm-hmm. now people in around in the Shire give him the side eye. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> can I trust you? He's Trixie. He's Trixie. So, yeah. But he's filthy rich, living yep. over in Bag End. Yep. Hanging out with our next character, Frodo Baggins, his nephew. Yep. Frodo is, I think, was it 30 when we start? Or 33 when it's, we start? See, and the, the movies don't tell us this. And I'm going to try not to compare the book and the movie the whole time, okay? I will do my best. <laughs> I can't help myself. My brain just works that way. Um, but yes, Bilbo and Frodo have the same birthday. They do. Who knew? Book readers knew. Book readers. <laughs> That's <yeah>. who. <laughs> but yes, it's Bilbo's, once we get to the the book part, you know, it will be Bilbo's 111th birthday mm-hmm. and Frodo's 33rd, I, I do believe. Yeah. His coming of age birthday. Yeah. So in reality, I just came of age this year. Indeed you did. Welcome. See, I'm just a To of age. <laughs> I'm just now an adult. <laughs> your, your brain is fully done. Cooked. Ding. that was not planned (laughs) I cannot help myself (laughs) over here I know alright next on the list we've got Gandalf the disturber of the peace indeed he is I think that might be strictly film but maybe I can't remember if they say it at any point in the book now it's all they're both blended in my brain I know but yes he is he's a familiar character because he was in the Hobbit as well he was he was, um, he's a wizard, so him and Bilbo have been friends these many years. Yep. Since the antics of The Hobbit, and he just pops in and out. Yeah. Now and then. You know? He's here for Bilbo's birthday party. That's what wizards do, pop in and out. That's what they do. As but needed. That's what he did all through The Hobbit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he was there, and then he's gone. Yep. I, I have a feeling he's gonna do that here, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the movie is to be believed... <laughs> He did the same thing. <laughs> Certainly he did. Uh, and then we have a couple more hobbits, or, you know, a little less than a handful. We've got Mary, Pippin, and Sam. Yep. So Mary and Pippin are cousins to Frodo. And then Sam is a friend, but also he kind of works for the Bagginses along yeah. with his gaffer um, doing, like, the lawn maintenance. Yeah. He's the and gardener. Such. Yeah. But I'd say they're friends. Yeah, I think they're friends. They have a good bond. I think they, they generally hang out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Be- Mary and Pippin hang out with Frodo a lot as well. Yes. So they're all like pretty tight-knit yes. there. There's also another hobbit. I didn't put him in here, but his name is Fatty Bolter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... So I was mean. so upset for Fatty Bulger. I was like, is this a nickname? Do you have another name that I can call you? Which I think there... Isn't there a secondary name or is that just... It's well, just fa- Fatty uh, Bulger. <laughs> Let's see. <sighs> Fatty Bulger um, is a nickname. And I think I have his real name in here. Or maybe I don't. No, I didn't put it in here. I, <laughs> My sincerest condolences, Fatty Bulger. <laughs> My... Deepest regrets. <laughs> I know. I will say, when I was in high school, there was this guy whose house we used to, like, party at a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what his actual name was. We just called him Fat Kid. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> he was older than 
me. He's about my older brother's age, I believe. <laughs> and so he was, like, one of, like, Justin's friend group. Yeah. And that's just what everyone called him. Did he want to be called that? I don't, I don't know. I didn't really know him that well. He already had the name bestowed upon he him when you knew him, name. though. So it's yeah. not as if you named him such. Yeah. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> and my brother had another friend, and his nickname was Chubbs. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen here. So rude. We can't be naming people these things. I mean, yep. okay, I guess literally you can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And Chubbs' real name is Kyle. But okay. uh, I think people still call him Chubbs. Oh, my God. I think. At I mean, this I don't point, know. I don't it's, he's time probably there, so desensitized. I hope he's so desensitized yeah. that it doesn't hurt his heart. <laughs> I know. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's kind of like a Biggie Small situation. Maybe. Maybe. He embraced it. It's his rap name. Right. Maybe he came up with it as like, yeah. you know, before they call me anything, I'm calling me Chubbs. Chubbs. Yeah. I don't know. But... <laughs> Anyway, Poor Chubbs. moving along from Chubbs. Yeah. Uh, next on our list is Aragorn, a.k.a. Strider. A.k.a. Son Ranger of from the North. <laughs> yes, the son North. of Arathorn. <laughs> <laughs> Aragorn is a man. He is one of the Numenors. A human. Human. I thought it was interesting that the Rangers from the North are all oh, Numenor. Numenor. Yep. Very cool. So, the Numenorians are, like, a race of humans. But they're also... Are they also called the Duodine, or are the Duodine something separate? I think that Bilbo just calls Aragorn the Dunedon. Dunedon, okay. Yeah, I think that's... I'm already getting things wrong. (laughs) Buckle up, because it will not be the last time. There's a lot of... It's it's a lot Mm -hmm. coming at you in this... Yeah. There's so many names and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think Dunedon is the na- a nickname given to Aragorn by Bilbo, but the race is Numenor. Okay. And they have, like, they're bigger than other humans, and they live longer lives. Yes, because he's, he tells us his age. He's 88. Yeah. We like those double numbers. We do. I like them, too. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and he lives to be well over 200. Because... As he deserves to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My humble opinion. (laughs) Then we have, you know, I don't don't remember how old he is. I was going to say the young elfling, but... (laughs) I think he's like 2,000 I was going to say he's not young at all. (laughs) Uh, Legolas from Mirkwood. Mm -hmm. He is the son of Thranduil. Yes. Who we saw in The Hobbit. Yes. Not Legolas. Not Legolas. Legolas was not in The Hobbit. No. So Legolas is the prince of Mirkwood in that elf kingdom over there because his dad, Thranduil, is the elf king. Yes. So. That's all I really know about the guy. He didn't get a lot of book time, page time. He didn't. Didn't really much. Doesn't have a lot of dialogue. They beefed up in the movie for sure. Yeah. Which I, I appreciate. I, I just like it. to think he's hanging there watching. He is. You know, being astute. He's got his elf eyes peeled. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we have Gimli, the dwarf. Son he's of Gloin? Son of Or Gloin. Gloin. 
depending on how De- you want to pronounce depending. it. Depending. I always say gloin, but... Yeah, I always say gloin, too. But I feel like I've heard it both ways. Yeah. Uh, gloin was also in The Hobbit, so... We've, we've got some lineage here. Yeah. And, and gloin is in this book. He is. Gloin is in this book. He has a very long talk with Frodo. Yeah. We, we saw so. some familiar faces, guys. We yeah. got new ones, but we got some familiar ones, too. We do. Speaking um, of new ones... New ones. We have another man. Human. Another Numenor. <laughs> is he another Numenorian? Mm-hmm. My mind is blown already. <laughs> uh, Boromir yep. from Gondor. His father is the Stuart. Mm-hmm. Yep, he is. He's a well-battled man. He slash is. has been in many battles. That's probably a better way to say <laughs> A well-battled <laughs> man. I oh, I like that. Okay, good. <laughs> it's more creative. Yeah, thank you. Next on the list is Arwen. Arwen Evenstar. Yes. She is the elven daughter of Elrond, who is the leader of Rivendell. I don't recall her speaking. She doesn't. Okay. But I put her in here. Thank you. Because she asked. She has to be on the list. Who was the one that actually did do a lot of talking? His name was very similar to one of the elves in the beginning of the story. Oh, Glorfindel. Glorfindel is the one that was like at the river and such. Yes. Okay. Yes. I should have put Glorfindel on the list. We're putting him there now. Yep. Glorfindel. Glorfindel. He is an elf of Rivendell, and he's the one who actually gets Frodo after he's been stabby-stabbed. Did he get re-stabby-stabbed? Oh, you mean the first time he got stabby-stabbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. that's Glorfindel. Yeah. Because there's also the first elf that they encounter is Haldir. And I thought it was Gildor. Gilder. Oh, it is Gilder, because then Haldir is in Lorien. Yeah. There's, so many elves. There's some elf, elf, elven men out here that are just helping us out through <laughs> our journey. Yeah. But they weren't in the movie and our brains just can't retain them. Yeah. But they're important in the books. They're important in the books. They. And so we've mentioned them. <laughs> they keep the crew on track at various points. Yes, so. they do. They're just, you know, our crew is like a bunch of little toddlers sometimes and they got to have some... Folk catch them and kind of yep. sit them up and give them some food and rest, and then they send them on their way. Especially whenever it is the hobbits on their own. They're just out here, like... Sweet babies. I know. They, they are. are not well journeyed yeah. yet. They've never been out of the Shire, really. Yeah. So... Them hobbits like the comfortable life. They do. We, we know that well. Who can blame them? Not me. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? Elrond is Elrond. our next elf man. <laughs> elf man. Elrond half elven. Yes. Mm-hmm. His he's half human, half elf. Correct. Correct. And he was given the choice between being mortal or immortal, and he chose immortality. Who gave him the choice? And how did they have the authority to help pick? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, clearly they had some magics. There's there's a whole backstory here, mm-hmm. and I cannot articulate it fully right now. Understandable. Off the top. But not all elves have the choice, but when Arwen... Arwen gets to make that choice as well. Correct. Because Not Elrond, in this one. No. But later. Because Elrond had the choice, his kin, his offspring also have the choice. Very nice. So it was a gift to him from someone that I, whose name I cannot remember. <laughs> that makes the even star make more sense. Because mm-hmm. she even says, it is a gift for yep. me to give to whom I will. 
Yep. She doesn't say that in this book, but she says it. She says it. <laughs> in the movie. In the movie. Does she, she say it in the next book? Mm. Does she get a lot more lines? No. I was going to say, you can't see, but Maddie's <laughs> eyes are huge and she's shaking her head at me. <laughs> no, I, I don't think she really gets much in the way of lines. Which I did investigate. I was like, why did they give Arwen scenes that weren't in the book? And it was simply just because to well round out the cast mm-hmm. and to have some more female representation. Because really yeah. in the book, all we get is Galadriel. Yeah, in this book, it's really just Galadriel. And her hubby hubs. Celebron. Yeah. Celeborn. Celeborn. <laughs> And then there's another elf that we don't meet, but Celebrimbor. Yeah. They bring him up occasionally as well. That's who, like... They all have similar names, and... Ugh, it's killing me. Speaking of similar names, we have Sauruman. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Sauron. Right. Which, Sauron is the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. The big bad. Sauruman <laughs> is another wizard. The White. The White Wizard. Or is it? Mm-hmm. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, and some characters that do not surface in the films. Yeah. Tom Bombadil and his wife Goldberry. I had a pleasant time with them. Yeah. Um, you know, they're cool. Yeah. They're fun. And I just constantly hear his songs in my head. <laughs> Tom Bombadillo. <laughs> <laughs> he, he seems like a jolly person to be around. He does. If I you're... Wa- if you're having a bo- bad day, you want Tom Bombadil. That's right. Nearby. <laughs> I would want to stay at his house. If, if I was Frodo and the rest of the crew, I'd be like, you know what? I'm hanging my hat. I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> I love later how they talk about, like, if they had given the ring to Tom Bombadil, that yeah. he would just, like, forget it or throw it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just, he cares about his little plot of land mm-hmm. and his lady. And they exist like outside of time somehow. Yeah. He's got a he's got a pretty sweet deal. He's just perpetually existing with Goldberry. I don't know lovely. what he is, but it's never really explained. He's a delight, is all he's I'm a saying. Delight. He's a delight. And then we've got Mr. Butterbur, who is just so dang busy. Just too busy for his own liking. Yeah. Or maybe he likes to be busy, but so busy he can't even think straight. Can't even remember things. He is... All. No. Yeah. He He's the owner of the Prancing Pony. Yep. Inn and pub. Yep. I don't know that's what they call it, but that's what I'm calling it. And that's what... That's essentially... I mean, it's what it yeah. is. So we may have some other characters pop in and out. Um, oh, Farmer Maggot. He's, oh, he's Farmer more, Maggot. Yeah, yeah, he's more important in the book as well. He is. I liked those interactions too. I did too. But so we we'll probably find more aha characters to mention. Probably. But I think I think we got a good good chunk. Yeah, we've got a good starting point here. Um, so we're going to do some plot points here. Yeah. Let's see. There's a prologue, but it's basically like catching you up on that this is a sequel to The Hobbit and. You just get a lot of informational things about yeah. hobbits in general and yeah. other races and, and such and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. So. So. Um, nothing too crazy. Yeah, it's yeah really just informational. I don't know that you have it mentioned here, but I do like that they kind of keep going back to the fact that the story of the hobbit is because... I, <laughs> sorry, my brain has ten <laughs> thoughts and they're all rushing into my head at once. 
basically, The Hobbit was written one yeah. way, yeah. and then he made some slight changes, especially chapter, I believe it was five, whatever mm-hmm. chapter it was where he meets Gollum yeah. and has the riddles in the ring mm-hmm. and whatnot. I thought it was cool that this book sort of explained that indiscrepancy or like the slight oddness of having two versions. Mm-hmm. I liked that it described that in a way by saying, well, one was Bilbo's first version that he told the crew so that him getting the ring kind of landed a little softer and kind of made him look a little better. Mm-hmm. Not that he looked super bad in the other one. Cause I mean, Gollum was going to eat him. Right. But then, you know, but then they say, Oh, but the real version is, you know, this, this. the, the current version of the Hobbit, the version that they publish now. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool way yeah. for them to address that change mm-hmm. in story, like that is a thing that really just thrills me. Cause when yeah. there's in inconsistencies and they're not addressed at all, mm-hmm. it irks me. But if you address it and give me a even halfway decent explanation, I'm satisfied. Yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> so yeah. I loved that. I thought that was great. It's sort of like a wink wink, right? Yes. Everyone knows kind of that this was kind of not, planned beforehand but we're just gonna yeah except we're just gonna all go with it yeah but i thought it was brilliant so yeah i agree i agree so we open with bilbo's 111th birthday heck yeah and he's throwing himself a big old bash yeah hobbits love parties they love a party on their birthdays they hand out gifts to others yeah that's that's wild i know it's crazy but it's very precious it is so precious so, you know, whatever works for these hobbits. Yep. But they like a good party. They like a good meal. They do and like a, a good meal. A birthday is the perfect excuse for it both. It is. So Gandalf is obviously in attendance. He brings his fireworks and they just have grand all time. Mm-hmm. And then it's time for Bilbo to give a speech. And basically he's like, see ya. I'm out of here. Right. Glad to have known you, but I got things to do. Gots to go. Disappear. And he puts the, he has his little golden ring, he puts it on, and he disappears. Yep. He's invisible, and he just scurries back to his house at back end. Yep. And Gandalf, being the smart man that he is, he knows Yeah, he that's knows. what Bilbo's doing. He so he meets him back at the house. And Bilbo's awful proud of himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Had himself a right little chuckle. Yeah. But, but Gandalf shows up and was like, caught you. Right. Listen, you want to go? That's fine. But I think that, you know, I, I I know you have all your affairs in order. You're going to leave everything to to Frodo. So why don't you just make sure that you leave that ring to him, too? Yeah. And Bilbo's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I already left it. Yeah. And Gandalf's like, nah, you didn't, though. He's like, oh, but wait, it's in my pocket. Why don't it I keep it? Why are you trying to take it from me? And he starts getting a little snippy snip. Gandalf's like, listen, sir, I am not trying to rob you. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. You really need to drop that ring now. It took a little pushing, but Bilbo did relinquish the ring of his own volition. He did. Which is important. Importante. Very importante. So once he actually drops the ring, he seems to relax and he just heads on out. Yep. He's ready to see mountains and yep. rivers and hang out with elves, probably. And, and dwarves. Yeah. He's got some dwarf friends. Yeah. He just, he, want, he misses his adventures. Yeah. 
So he heads out and Gandalf is left there with the ring. I think he scoops it up and puts it on the mantle. I think so. He doesn't waits. touch it. Right. And waits. He like scoops it up in an envelope. I don't and know if the book says. I don't think the, yeah, I don't think the book says, but. It may, it may not. I don't remember it specifically saying, but yeah, he. Yeah. Kind of sets it aside or whatever. He does. And when Frodo gets home, Gandalf is there. Yeah. He doesn't want Frodo to come yeah. home to a completely empty house. <laughs> right. Because I don't, Bilbo didn't have the heart to say goodbye to Frodo. Yeah. like. For good, for good, you know. Yeah. He loves him very much. and He does. He would have asked him to go with him, but he just didn't think Frodo was ready for such a adventure. He believed that Frodo loved the Shire too much, which he does love the Shire. He does. But Frodo yearns secretly to go on adventures too. Yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah, Frodo arrives. Gandalf's there. He tells him that Bilbo did leave, which Frodo suspected. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, you know, lets him know, hey, but... Everything's yours now, and so is this ring. <laughs> but don't touch it. Don't put it on. Don't tell anyone about it. <laughs> keep it secret. Keep it safe. Yes. And Gandalf kind of comes and goes over yeah. several years. <laughs> yeah. 17. 17 years. Oh, my gosh. That's and a long time. That's a really long time. And Frodo's just out here living his life at yeah. Bag End. Yep. Like, do-do-do, whatever. He's still throwing birthday parties for Bilbo. Yeah. Even though Bilbo's not there, he, like, throws them in his honor. Which I think is sweet, because he's not even like, it's my birthday. He's like, it's Bilbo's birthday. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. He's just... It's cute. He's a cute... He's he's a cutie. cutie. (laughs) Yeah. So, after 17 years has passed, rumors are beginning to swirl Mm -hmm. around... They make their way into the Shire, and which if, is pretty rare. Yeah, I was going to say, if rumors have made it to the Shire, then it's serious. Because yeah. most goings-on in the world don't reach them. Yeah, don't uh, pretty well isolated. Encumber them, yeah. Yeah. And I would say over those 17 years, wasn't Gandalf sort of preparing Frodo? Like, was, you might need to yeah. leave, like, this is, you know, but I just need to find out some more things first. Yeah, yeah I don't but, think he fully told him... But I think he kind of insinuated yeah. that there could be something more here. Yeah. But he came and went several times. Yeah. Until finally the last time. Yep. But. So the rumors are that there's growing evil power in the land of Mordor. Ooh. So. It's further than a hop, skip, and a jump from the Shire, but. But still. It, it means bad news for all. Yeah. It be lurking out there. Mm-hmm. And so when Gandalf comes back out of the blue and suddenly he tells Frodo that Bilbo's ring is more powerful than he thought at first and that it is the one ring. Right. I think he was in denial as long as he could be. Yeah. And they did the test, Mm -hmm. putting it in the fire to see if it revealed the inscription. The inscription. And it sure did. Sure did. Would you like to do the honors? Aha. Uh-huh. <coughs> the inscription on the ring reads, One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. Serious business. Serious business. Yeah, and Gandalf all this time was, he wasn't just hanging out, you know, he was doing research. Yeah, he's doing stuff. 
So he's able to tell Frodo the origin of the ring and how it kind of got passed around. He doesn't give him the full story because the book even says the full story is just way too long. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. But <laughs> but he kind of gives him the brief how things went about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, the one ring is the ring of the Dark Lord Sauron. 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 No, it's <laughs> Sauron. Sauron. I'm going to say Sauron. Sauron is how I would say it as well. <sighs> anyway, so he's the Dark Lord. He made this ring, and it's the ring uh, ring of power. There were other rings, and he was Trixie Trixie, mm-hmm. and made this one in secret. Yes. And I think it only controls the rings of men. Men and maybe dwarves. Maybe dwarves. But the elven rings were different. Elven rings were different. I believe he instructed their creation, but didn't imbue it. Yeah, he didn't bind them. But I do, at very least, the rings of men. But I believe that the rings of dwarves also. Mm. Because, and those were all either lost or taken or something. Those... We're not sure where the dwarven rings are. We know right where the rings of men are. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, they're on their their hosts, which are are. smoky, Uh, clad, cloaked men. Men. (laughs) Yeah. And the, uh, there are three elf rings, seven for the dwarves and nine for the men. So, yep. That's the thing. The, and the one ring basically has the essence of Sauron in it. Mm. So he doesn't, I don't know. It's kind of like the Horcrux concept. Yes. He was defeated by a sealed door, but not destroyed. Right, because he's, he still had the tether. The, he's tethered to the ring. Right. So, you know, all of that. So through the trickle-down effect, the mm-hmm. ring went from a sealed door and then Deagle. Yes. And then Smeagol. Killed Deagle for the ring. Smeagol yeah. became Gollum. Yes. And Bilbo got the ring from Gollum. So. Yep. This whole story comes out in the Fellowship of the Ring. Yes. So. That's basically a uh, very, very brief history of the ring. Yes. <laughs> There's even more in our notes, but really that's the, that's that's, the gist of that's it. That's the gist of it. The actual history, I mean... And that's the brief history that Gandalf gives. Like, he says that there's even more pass-abouts. Yeah. Or something. I, I, I couldn't quite understand what he was trying to allude to, but he just basically, it's too much to tell you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think that's probably an allusion to the Silmarillion. Probably. Because I think most of the Silmarillion was already written by the time he's writing Lord of the Rings. Mm, that's I right. Think he wrote that first. Right. More Ish. background. Yeah. The man loves background. He loves it can't help himself can't blame him i agree he's good at building a world he really is okay but yeah it it seems that the ring has a i don't know about mind of its own but it kind of leaves and betrays people yeah i don't know if it has i feel like it only has a strong will with people that are weak-willed so like in the hands of bilbo it was like dormant it was dormant it It didn't really have any it didn't betray him or whatever because he didn't really yeah he He only used it occasionally to hide from the sackville baggins (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and he also didn't use it for its power. Right. Like, to conquer. Right. So it was essentially, like, dormant with Bilbo. Yeah, and I feel like the ring is very patient. It's just like, I'll get where I need to get. Yeah. It'll happen. Exactly. That's You know. So, but it definitely uh, betrayed Gollum. Mm Mm-hmm. So, after Gandalf finishes telling Frodo the tale, Mm -hmm. he also tells him that uh, Gollum had been captured by the enemy and under questioning, a.k.a. torture, I assume. Mm -hmm. Gollum gave the enemy the name Baggins, and so now Sauron Mm kind of knows where the ring is, and he wants it. Dang, Gollum got questioned by a lot of people because we find out later that... Aragorn Aragorn, had yeah, and was questioning him as well. Yeah, and he was in the dungeons of the elf dungeons at Mirkwood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, Being yeah. captured left and right, but he <laughs> sneaky sneaked right out of there, too. Yep. Sneaky sneaky. But, so, obviously, Frodo can't stay there, but he doesn't leave right away. He still hangs out for a little while. Like the, there's some more planning yeah. to be had, but... Multiple months. He knows that he cannot stay and that this journey is meant to be secret. Yeah. But not so secret because Gandalf catches Samwise Gamgee eavesdropping at the window. (laughs) And so. One of my favorite lines, too. I ain't dropping no eaves, sir, honest. uh, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty late for trimming the verge, you know. But yeah, so uh, Sam just being a loyal, good friend is like, hey, uh, I'll go with him. I'll help him. Yeah. So. Pretty much, yeah. He's going to. So Gandalf remains in the Shire with them for like two months Mm -hmm. and then has to leave because he receives some news that he finds concerning. And so then Frodo prepares to leave as well. Not quickly, though. No, I was going to say he still hangs around for a while and continues... Yeah, he he's is. planning. I think he's at this point though. He is kind of waiting for Gandalf to come back. Yeah, right. Gandalf does not come back. Gandalf does not return, and so Frodo just proceeds. He sells Baggin Baggin to the Sackville Bagginses. This, this shocked me. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I know because that Bil- Bilbo would never have wanted that. Yeah, but Frodo also knows like he's marked, so he can't right. stay he can't in a familiar. Stay. Yeah home at the top of the hill so right but yeah that shook me i was shocked i was like he did what the sackville Bagginses. i love whenever bilbo calls them the sbs too yeah yeah (laughs) it's so funny it is funny oh they don't get any you know treasure though it's just like they get the the problem i mean they wanted it but yeah ungrateful these are the folks that were like trying to auction off and buy all of Bilbo's stuff when he was gone in The Hobbit. And yeah. they've just been grasping for his home. Yeah. Because they were the next heirs in line until, until Bilbo um, yep. adopted Frodo. And then yep. Frodo inherited everything. Circumvented but, them. But they got their way because Frodo was in danger. So Frodo sold them the house. And I just was, I was just very shocked by this. But after waiting however long he waits, he just can't wait anymore. He knows he's got to go. So he he sells, sells back in to the Sackville buttholes. (laughs) The SBs. (laughs) (laughs) So after he sells back end, 
He buys a house in Buckland called Crick Hollow. Mm-hmm. And Buckland is like across the Brandywine River. Isn't it like near the dock of the Brandywine River? Like they're, yeah. they're river folk. Like most hobbits are not boat users right. and such. But the people that live in Buckland are a little more apt for that, correct? Yes, yes they are. So Mary and Fatty Bolcher go ahead of the rest to Buckland to get the house ready. And then Sam and Pip, Pippin, stay to help Frodo. And they are going to follow on foot. Correct. So. The journey begins. The journey begins. After a lot of years and waiting. (laughs) So many years, poor Frodo. But we get a lot of cool chapters about hobbits. We, so, we do. Know. We get to spend a lot of time with the hobbits, which yeah, is cool. It is cool. But they head out, and Frodo hears some strange voices talking to Sam's father, Ham Gamgee, now also known as the Gaffer. The Gaffer. Who lives next door. And the voice asks for Mr. Baggins, but the gaffer responds that Mr. Baggins has already left. So Frodo's, yeah, yeah, which is great of gaffer. But Frodo's like, okay, we're leaving in the nick of time because something is afoot. Yeah, this is not normal. Yeah, so they are not going to take the main roads. They're going to try and kind of go off the beaten path. They are. But second day out, the hobbits hear the sound of hooves on the road behind them, and Frodo feels kind of a strange desire to hide. And that leads Sam and Pippin um, off into the trees, and all of a sudden there's this tall, dark rider on a black horse, and he's shrouded in a black cloak, and you can't see his face. And he actually, like, stops near the spot where the hobbits were hiding, and he's sniffing the air for the scent. And they, the way that it's, I don't know that it's, like, extremely described, but just the way that it's described and the way that it makes Frodo, like, creeped out. Like, yeah. the way that they were, it was sniffing after them. I was like, yeah. ooh, that's eerie. <laughs> it is eerie. But yeah, it's trying to, it's trying to catch their scent. Trying to catch their scent. And with. That rider being close by, Frodo notices this sudden desire to put on the ring. Oh, he does. But he doesn't do it, thankfully. He bites the urge. Yeah, and uh, the rider rides off because apparently can't can't he's he's close but not close enough for a good whiff, so yeah. he can't tell that he's that they're there. And uh, Sam informs them that that's either that's the rider or a similar rider appeared at gaffers so he knows yeah. that there's at least one or two of them now yeah. out and about and they're looking for him yeah no yeah. thank you no way no soliciting of any kind that's right <laughs> except on party business mm-hmm. so now they're even more cautious and they're listening for the sound of hooves and they have to camp because they're going on foot. This is not a short uh, jaunt. Nope. So they have to camp and it's getting dark and they can hear a horse approaching. So they hide in the trees and it's another black rider. It stops. It starts to approach. But then it hears the singing of elves. Yay. And it rides off. All that jolly mirth is just too much for it to handle, I guess. Just cannot handle the singing of the elves. It's just not interested. Nope. Not at all. And so, a group of elves actually approach and one of them, his name is Gildor, greets Frodo. Mm-hmm. And Pip asks him about the Black Riders and the elves look really worried. 
and they take the hobbits under their protection for the night and they stop and it's like a little enchanted like meadow mm -hmm. they have a feast yeah they have some songs it's a good time as they do they're they weren't rude to the hobbits at first but they were just kind of like hey you know whatever yeah but then when they realize who frodo is and yes. that he's a, a friend to the elves and knows elvish then um they warm up yeah they warm up yeah. pretty quick and and gilder doesn't really give frodo advice as the quote said at the beginning you know elves don't really answer questions straight on but he does try to impart as much wisdom as he feels that yeah. he can upon Frodo. Yeah. So. Yeah, because they're they're really concerned with what the Black Riders are, who they are, mm -hmm. and Gilder is kind of hedgy about it, but won't um, tell them a ton either. Yeah, won't really tell them exactly, but he simply tells them that they're servants of the enemy mm -hmm. and should be avoided at all costs, which I think they just intuition. Yeah. Knew. Yeah. That they need to stay away from them, but right. eventually they settle down and go to sleep for the night, and that's it. When the hobbits wake up, the elves are gone. Yep. I think they kind of told them that, too. They were yeah. like, yeah, this will be it. gone by the time you get up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, the elves did send word to Rivendell about the hobbits. Which is so, nice. Which is nice. Yeah. So, Rivendell's, like, on alert. Keeping their peepers peeled. Yep. For some <laughs> hobbits to arrive. On the watch. Yep. So Frodo decides at this point that they need to cut across the fields between Woody End and the Brandywine River because he does not want to stay on the road no. where they can be seen. Yeah. Shortcut is a quote unquote shortcut. Basically, we're we're going off path and we're staying yeah. off path because yeah. we've seen this rider more than once or there's a couple of them out there and we're not yeah. chancing it. Yeah. We're not going to risk this anymore. So... They get off the road, and not long after that, they see another black rider in the distance. On the road. Yep, in the distance. So they know that it's. They're glad that they didn't stay on the path, but yeah, it's, it's not easy going for them. It's no, it's pretty it's, rough go through this yeah it's, path. They go a little farther off course than they meant to, and, and it's slow, and yeah. the brush is dense, and they hear terrible cries, and they assume it's the black rider. Yeah, and they're scared, and it's dark. Yeah. Doesn't sound like a They're good struggling. time to me. They're struggling. Yeah. Yeah, they're scrambling through bog and briar and, you know, they're tired. They're tired and dirty and hungry. Yep. I like that they at least admit to themselves. They're like, yeah, I miss my bed. Yeah, I wish I didn't leave the Shire, but I got to do this. <laughs> yeah. I got, I've mustered my courage. This is what I should be doing. I got to be doing. I'm glad I'm doing it in the sense that it needs to be done. But yeah, boy, do I miss my hobbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wouldn't we all feel that way? I know I would. That's all Bilbo thought at the beginning of The Hobbit. Mm -hmm. He just yeah. kept thinking about his Hobbit yep. hole. But he kept his resolve pretty strong. Oh, yeah, he did. So, yeah, after scrambling, as I said, through Bog and Briar, then they come upon Farger... Farger? <laughs> Farmer Maggot's <laughs> property. Who, uh, actually, Frodo's a bit nervous about being on his property because Farmer Maggot caught... Frodo stealing some mushrooms. Yep. A little while before this. So, yep. when he was a younger lad, I don't know how much a, younger. <laughs> just a wee babe. <laughs> a wee babe of 45. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So funny. I will say it did mention, though, that Frodo didn't really age, like, physically mm -hmm. in, the, in those 17 years. So, yep. he still looks like a 
a young lad. smoking 33-year-old hobbit. Little, little he, hobbit hunk. He's he's not described as Elijah Wood, though. Mm-mm, no. He's described to be a, a little bit round and... A little plump, but you know. all hobbits are plump. Exactly. I feel mm. like I should go let the dogs out now. Oh, yes, it's time. Break. We talked about Frodo being afraid of Farmer Maggot because he steals his mushrooms. Yes. But Farmer Maggot is actually very welcoming. He is. To the hobbits, especially because they're friends of... Mary. Mary. Yep. And he has good favor with Mary, so he welcomes them in very kindly. He does. And at first, Frodo's like, oh, maybe he doesn't remember me. He does. He does. He's just... He's nice. Him and his wife. Yeah. And they make them really good dinner because they're hobbits. Yeah. I want a hobbit to make me dinner. Hobbit hospitality sounds like the bomb.com. <sighs> I mean, we talked about that in The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Bilbo was a little disgruntled, but he was an excellent host. Yeah. And then when I found out when they give out birthday presents on their own birthday. What? <laughs> These people are ridiculous and amazing. So great. Yeah. So actually, Farmer Maggot tells them of a strange dark man who came by earlier asking for Mr. Baggins as well. So these dark riders are not idle. Nope. They're they on the hunt. N- knocking down doors. Not literally, but they're. I guess they're slightly polite, you know? They're not barging <laughs> into people's homes, but they're definitely uh, bugging yeah. everybody for that, the whereabouts of the Bagginses. That's a really interesting point about the black riders. Mm-hmm. is they don't ever, like, just barge into people's houses. No, not until the inn. Not they until, don't, yeah. yeah. They're just, like, knocking on doors. Hey. Hey, have you seen Baggins? <laughs> you know, like. They're being creepy, but yeah. they're not, like. <laughs> Sniffing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really fun, like, I can yeah. just see Tolkien, like, thinking of this. Yeah. He's at his desk. They're, they're a proper, they're proper gents. <laughs> they're knocking first. They have evil intentions, but they will they will knock and ask politely. <laughs> it's like what you always read. I've seen multiple memes where it's like, you know, Voldemort might have been super evil, but he really cared about Harry's education. He always waited till the end of the year to attack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. So true. So yeah, we we appreciate these writers at least asking and then moving on yeah. their not so merry way. <laughs> So Farmer Maggot knows that they're kind of in danger as well. So yeah. He's astute. Yeah, yeah. And so our three traveler hobbits here are quite scared, but they're super grateful that uh, Farmer Maggot offers to get them to Brandywine River in a covered wagon. Yep, he does. On the way, they hear some hoofs approaching, but thankfully it turns out to be Mary. Yeah. And not another dark rider. But Farmer Maggot was ready to square up. He was. Or at least, you know, puff his chest out a little bit. Yeah. He was going to get serious. Yep. So they get ready and go over to Buckland to Frodo's new house at Craig Hollow. Craig Hollow. Mary has, like, baths. Like, multiple baths. And supper ready. ready. Him and Fatty Bulger. Old Fatty. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it feels so wrong to say. So, Mary, yeah, we got the baths, we got supper. 
blabbity blabbity. So Frodo decides that he needs to tell Merry and Pippin that he is in fact leaving the Shire for good. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> we know. We noticed. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that sneaky. Right. <laughs> and Frodo is super shocked. That they've basically known the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. They didn't know the details. They didn't know about the ring, but they knew that Frodo was planning something. Yeah. They knew that he had something up his sleeve. And uh, with Sam as an eavesdropper, they pieced together a good bit of the situation. Yeah. Which Frodo is feels betrayed and is also super proud of Sam for being so <laughs> sly. Super sly. And Frodo, at this point, he doesn't want his friends to, like, you know, be in danger. But Merry and Pippin, just, they're like, nah, like, we're coming, so. We already planned it. We already planned it. And it's not like, oh, we're going to follow you, you know, into the fields. It was like, we know this is probably dangerous, whatever this is, but we're coming. Yeah, they understand. And Sam obviously knows that this is not mm-hmm. a joke. And they're like, We're your friends. We can't let you go alone. What are mm-hmm. you crazy? Yeah. And uh, Frodo, I mean, I, he's glad. At yeah. The end of the day. I think he pretends to be reluctant, but it's sort of like, Whew. Yeah, he's relieved. Yeah, I'm, gl- so. I'm glad my friends will be with me. Yeah, everything feels a little less scary when you have your friends with you. Absolutely. So, yeah. And Frodo decides they're going to leave the next day, cut through the old forest, and that fatty bolster will stay at... I just can't. <laughs> I, FB? Good old FB is going to stay at Crick Hollow to keep up the pretense that Frodo's living in Buckland. Yeah, and he can kind of keep an eye on things. Yeah. Just in case. Just in case. But yeah, they... Uh, so after this, they set off through the old forest which is dense, and they definitely lose the path. Like, you know, the old forest is not a place that people enter lightly, especially not after the after dark. Right. After the dark. <laughs> the dark. But so they wind through. The trees are moving, it seems, and it's getting foggy, mm-hmm. and all kind of mischief is happening. There's so much mischief. And... All of a sudden, they, you know, decide to take a little sleep. Yep. And Mary and Pippin get swallowed by a tree. Swallowed by the tree. By the roots of the tree. I'm not really sure, but they get trapped. They get trapped trapped. by the the willow. Yes. Sam is really the only one who kind of fends off the willow's tricks. Yeah, sleepy tricks. Yeah. Yeah, because Frodo falls in the pond (laughs) or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sam rounds up those ponies. He cares about those animals so he much. Does. He's Aww. just a sweet man. He is. Oh, little Sam. Yep. So Sam pulls Frodo out of the river. Because he he's pinned him. down by a root, root as well. Yeah. And they see Mary and Pip are caught in the trunk of a tree. They it's closing see- in on him. Like one of them had like a foot hanging out or something. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> They try to light fires near it. Smacking the tree, you know, just just making a big hoot and holler. Yeah. But the tree starts to squeeze them, so it's sort of like, hey, if you don't back off, I really will crush them. But, I mean, they're already in danger of being crushed, so... Yeah, they're in danger. Yeah. But then they hear the sound of some jolly singing. Yeah. Frodo's like, help, somebody help! (laughs) And then jolly singing happens. Tom Bombadillo. 
<laughs> shows up. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the words to his song. That's the only part I know. Shall we find it? Tom bum If that doesn't make you smile, you have a heart of stone. I agree. I'm not going to be, I'm, it's going to take me forever probably to yeah, fiddle okay. through and find it's okay. It's okay. We don't, we don't need to sing We don't song. need to sing song. <laughs> yeah. Tom Bombadillo comes along with his jolly songs and he knows what's up. He knows how to handle these woods and these trees. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. And he sings and he gets the tree to release Mary and Pippin. Just like that. Old Man Willow. Yeah. Old Man Willow obeys. Yep. So he gets them out and he takes them back to his home with his wife Goldberry for dinner. And they have a, just a lovely old time. They do. With Tom Bombadillo. Yep. And his wife. His name's Tom Bombadil. Yeah, but Tom Bombadil. When he <laughs> sings, he calls himself Tom Bombadillo. Yep. It's funny that he sings songs about himself. Yes, he does. Does he? T- no, he doesn't talk about himself in third no. person. No. But- but only when he's only singing. When he sings. Yeah. yeah. And Goldberry is like a woman of the lake or something, a yeah. river woman. <laughs> yeah. I think she, uh, Frodo says that likens her to like the feeling the elves make him feel. So mm-hmm. she might be some she has, sort of yeah. elven. She's woman. got some sort of magic, but yeah. yeah. Doesn't he sing a song about her like finding her near the river or her being yeah. from the river or something yeah. like that? <laughs> he does. Yeah. <laughs> So, let's see. They get to Tom's house, and they hear Goldberry singing. They stay at Tom's house for a few days, and he tells Mm -hmm. them stories. Yep. All kinds of stories. Yeah. And he even tells them, like, you know, he's the, what does he call himself, like, the master of the wood, basically. And as long as they're there and they're with him, nothing will get them. So, even when they're, like, in the house and it's kind of dark and the shadows are stretching... Even Goldberry says, like, if you, while you're here, you are safe. Like, yeah. end of story. It's not, they say it as a fact, not mm-hmm. as a thing to soothe them. It's yeah. like, this no. Is, this is the way it is. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, they wonder who he is for most of the time they're there. Mm-hmm. And Frodo asks him, and Tom answers simply that he is eldest. He is older than anything else in Middle Earth, and he even remembers the time before Sauron. Crazy. I need to know more about this man. I know. And I'm not going to get it, am I? <laughs> nope. Maybe there's some stuff about him in the Silmarillion? Maybe. We haven't read the Silmarillion. Have so. not read the, I have not had the wherewithal to tackle it, I'll be honest. I own it. I got it for Christmas or my birthday. One of the two. <laughs> I also own it in my Kindle library. Nice. So um, it's there. Maybe Andy Circus will read it and then we can really dig in. I actually do have the audiobook, but it is not Andy Circus. That's his next assignment. Yeah. I need to call him. (laughs) (laughs) Tom asks Frodo about his journey. And Tom has already heard much from Gilder, actually. And from Farmer Maggot? Yep. How did Farmer Maggot get a message to him? I don't know. I forgot that part. Tom Bombadil. That Tom Bombadil. He's got connections. But yeah, so Tom knows what's up. And he asks to see the ring. And to everyone's surprise when... He puts it on his little finger. He does not disappear. Ooh. Tom spins the ring in the air and he makes it disappear, but then smilingly hands it back to Frodo. Frodo's like, oh, am I sure this is the same one? But doesn't he put it on for a second and disappears? Like, okay. Yeah. He has to test it. It's legit. It's the real deal. It's the real one. So after some time of staying with Tom Bombadil, then uh, they leave. Yep. And they get caught up by the 
the Barrow, is it the Barrow Whites? Yep. Some some creatures decide to snatch them all up and... They're like burial mounds. I, I googled what a okay. burial white is and it's a burial mound. Because it acted as if it was a creature, but I... I think they're, yeah, they're creatures that live in the burial mounds, I Oh, okay, so yeah. they just kind of scooped them down yeah, into... pulled them right down into oh, the earth. Man. Yep. That sounds horrifying. It sounds like the worst. Yeah. So, but Frodo wakes up and his friends are still out and he kind of has this dilemma, like, I could make a run for it, but I, I'm not going to leave my friends. Yeah. Like, he musters up some serious courage. Yeah. And then he remembers that Tom told him, if you get in trouble... Sing this rhyme. Yeah, sing this rhyme and I'll come and get you. Yeah. And so he sings the rhyme and Tom Bombadil comes and saves them. Mm-hmm. And then he... <laughs> As he should have before, he gets them to the edge of the forest yes. and then he sends them on their way. Because yeah. Tom Bombadil only has power within his realm yeah. that he is master of, yes. which is that forest. So he would be no good to them beyond that. And he basically is just like, hey, I got to stay here and hang, you know, hang with my wife. Yeah, I got Goldberry. Yeah. She's waiting on me. I got things to do. Yeah. So uh, this is the road. Yep. Go that way. And you get to breathe. Yeah. Stop getting... <laughs> Grab by trees and borrow, borrow whites and yeah, stop it. Exactly. Stop getting yourself in all kinds of ruckus. Been lovely to meet you, though. Yeah, it's been real. <laughs> but go on. Yes. So uh, now they're on their way to Bree. Mm-hmm. Frodo is assuming the name of Mr. Underhill. Yes, because obviously the name of Baggins is not safe. Not safe. So we're using a secret name. Incognito. Yeah. So they get to Bree, and they go to the Prancing Pony Inn, and Barleyman Butterbur is the innkeeper. (laughs) (laughs) I liked him. I did, too. Flighty-brained, but very sweet. (laughs) Very kind. Um, He can't be trusted to recall literally anything. Oh, no. But... uh, Don't give the man a task. No, he's... He cannot stay on task. No. But he's very kind. Um, he sets them up in their room and they have dinner and then they go down to like the main drinking hall and there's a bunch of people in there. Mm-hmm. At first he kind of tries to keep them separate, but does, then yeah. he can't control them all night. Yeah. He's busy. Yeah. So they start to kind of mingle. At yeah. least Sam, Pippin, and, and Frodo, Frodo do. Yeah. Mary wants some quiet time by the fire. Yeah. He stays in the room and he's like, go on, I'm not joining you. Right. So... Uh, the three hobbits go to the main drinking hall and they get a lot of attention because they're hobbits and mm-hmm. apparently the Prancing Pony doesn't get a lot of hobbits in. Not for a while anyway. For and they while. used I think they used to have some, some yeah. on the reg, but not, not lately. lately. So they get a lot of attention. But Frodo gets a little courage juice. And he starts hopping around and singing and hops himself right into wearing the ring somehow. <laughs> yep. Turns himself invisible, freaks everyone out. Yep. Gets the attention of Strider. Strider. Thank God it was him and not somebody else, to be honest. Exactly. Exactly. But Strider knows who he is. Strider knows exactly who he is. And that is no trinket you carry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't, I, we can't help I know ourselves. what hunts you. <laughs> I think that's only said in the movie, but... I, yeah, I think you're right. Oh, Vigo. Oh, it always just reminds me of that scene in Gilmore Girls. Where she's like, only I had a man like Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same. He's pretty great. Yeah. 
I don't know. Dakota could be his Aragorn. If he had... He's trying to grow his hair long. Yeah. He's trying it. He... Caleb's got the lock. He does. Yeah. He just needs the sword skills. True. He should start practicing. I'll get him lessons tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I keep... I'm trying to encourage Dakota because he has such great hair. He does have great hair. And I'm like, if you have long hair, you have the perfect hair to have it long because Mm -hmm. it's so nice. Yeah. But his hair has like texture to it. Yeah. It's also got like a lot of natural like volume and bounce. Like it has. (sighs) Why do boys get it? I need some. He, He has so much vert on his hair. It's crazy. Tell him to share with me. I, yeah. I need it's, some. It's annoying. <laughs> he just like, and he likes to like get annoyed by it. And I'm like, it is a gift. Hey, <laughs> hey look at this. Yeah. You're killing to, me. I have to work for this. Right. Oh gosh. Men. I know. So anywho, Zol. Frodo and Aragorn are just having some chats. They're having some chats and uh, Frodo wants to trust him. He's not fully convinced. Not convinced, but... He, he wants someone to guide them. Yes. I think. In his yeah. little heart, he is hopeful. Yeah. He's like, oh. Yep. So when they all return to their rooms, Strider follows. Mm-hmm. And he, Not in a sneaky way. They all kind of yeah. go together. <laughs> they, yeah. He's, he's not lurking. Yeah. So the hobbits are kind of distrustful, especially Sam. Sam is very distrustful of Strider. He is, like, hardcore, ready to take yeah. a bullet, Yeah, uh, a horse hoof. He's, he's, he is the definition of ride or die, that Samwise Gamgee. Yeah, he's ready to square up mm-hmm. immediately. Yep. And <laughs> Strider, he's, he kind of just looks a little uh, vagabondy, you know? <laughs> a bit worse for wear. Yeah, he's a bit weathered, mm-hmm. and this is kind of what leads the charge and them not trusting him. Right. And he was sitting in the corner with like his hood up and yeah. all like dark and mysterious. That's what writers do. That's what they do. So they Not writers. Rangers. rangers. That's what yeah. rangers do. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean writers wear their hoods too, but yeah. rangers. <laughs> rangers. So after a little while they kind of warm up to him. He has mm-hmm. a lot of information about the Black Riders and um, he even saw them speaking to the gatekeeper at the inn a few days prior. Mm-hmm. Let's see. He warns them of other people in Bree, including yeah. a man named Bill Fernie, a swarthy fellow. Yep. Are not to be trusted. No. So he's trying to like, yeah. you know, give them good advice here. Don't trust these peeps. Right. Be careful. Right. And then Butterbur, I almost said busts in. He doesn't bust in. You no. know, he knocks and he enters. Knocks, yeah. <laughs> but it sounds better. Butterbur busts in. <laughs> it does sound more. But uh, he explains to Frodo, because when Frodo first came in, he was like, Underhill, that name sounds familiar. Oh, that makes me think of something. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Finally, he remembers, and he tells him this whole story of how, like, Gandalf was there, and he told Butterbur to, you know, write a letter for, or Gandalf wrote a letter for Frodo, and then Butterbur was supposed to send somebody to give it to Frodo, like, months ago. Yeah, like, four months prior oh, boy, Butterbur. So, yeah, Butterbur uh, forgot and just now remembered and gave it to Frodo. So, he's got a little bit of an idea. Okay, so Gandalf was here. Yeah. He isn't just... Out in the winds. Right. But, yeah, uh, Butterbur goofed up. Yeah. A bit. 
a lot of a it. Big goof. If uh, if Frodo had gotten on the road four months ago, we wouldn't be in such dire straits. That's so. right. And then, but Gandalf talks about Strider or Aragorn in the letter, and so the lads start to trust him. They start to trust him. And they were like, why didn't you tell us before? He was like, well, if you weren't going to, you know, trust yeah. me before that, you know, I, I wanted to wait till I knew you could trust me. So it yeah. didn't seem false, you yeah. know, basically. Yeah. So. And I think the, what really wins it for Sam is that there's some like lines at the end about Aragorn and he recites them without having seen the letter and Sam's yeah. like, all right, fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're a friend. Okay. And, okay, so they plan to leave the next day, early, early. So Mm -hmm. Aragorn wakes them up early, and they go to their room, and they discover that, because they had slept in his room Mm -hmm. all night. Yeah, so they slept in Aragorn's room. Yes, because they thought that some of those people would tell the mm-hmm. black riders where they were sleeping and they were right because those were black right. riders showed up and they overturned and slashed their beds and bedding and everything their room is a wreck mm-hmm. and so their ponies were all let loose along with all of the other horses that were stabled at the end yeah so there's no horses literally none except for one He's old and that sick. That they buy from, from Bill Fernie. Who's not trustworthy, but so but Bill Fernie doesn't think about think anything about selling them this old horse because he's just looking to turn a profit and he's yeah. like, What are they gonna do with this old busted horse? Yeah. But Bill the horse turns out to be quite the companion. So he does. He turns out to be a nana nana boo boo to Bill yeah. Fernie. Suck it, Bill Fernie. <laughs> um so they end up having to leave much later than they wanted and yeah. the entire town watches them go yep. which they wanted to avoid yep so that sucks yep but they just have they're just leaving on foot and they just yeah. have the horse to kind of help carry some things but yeah and they they're having to travel pretty light they're having to travel light which for hobbits who need rest and food mm-hmm. pretty often this yep. is not ideal no so but they set out Aragorn's leading them at a swift pace mm-hmm and they make it to Weathertop. Yep. And they see signs that someone had already been there and camped. And there's a rock with an elven rune symbol carved into it. Mm-hmm. And this leads them to think that Gandalf had passed through there yeah. recently. Yes. In great haste. Mm-hmm. So Aragorn actually thinks Gandalf may have been attacked while he was there. Yeah. Which because is, he was in such a hurry. Yeah. Or at least thought he was being, like, chased. Chased, yeah. 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 So the group is going to stay at Weathertop. They're in like a little hollow inside of the hill. Yeah. They light a fire and then Frodo kind of thinks that he senses some black specks moving around far below them. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's the Black Riders. Oh, gosh. God damn it. And they, they unlike the movie, they had been very careful. They were trying to be quiet, mm-hmm. but I mean, they, were t- they had no choice. They right. would have to light fires at yeah, some point. Exactly. You know. So they weren't being careless. It's just these riders narrowly missed them in Bree. And I think having been in the area, they just kind of... And Weathertop, too, when they went to the top, they stayed a little too long. And when you're up there, you can be be seen seen. really easily. Exactly. So unfortunately, those black riders saw them. They did indeed. So obviously Frodo brings us to Aragorn, and he decides that they should stay where they are. 
because trying to move would make them more vulnerable, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So. Because the riders have horses. They right. do not. <laughs> and they're really, really fast as yeah. well. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that it, yeah, like the book describes them as not having bodies, but just like being smoke. Yeah. Essentially like held t- together by this Grove. cloak. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Okay. So at this point, Sam has wandered off and he runs back from the edge of the dell and says he feels a strange dread and the group gathers around the fire and watches as the dark shapes come over the hill mary and pip throw themselves to the ground in panic and sam kind of shrinks to frodo's side and frodo suddenly feels a terrible desire to put the ring on and he does he doesn't resist this time. He nope. Does. Nope. He puts it on. Yep. But unfortunately, that makes it actually easier for the black shapes, aka the riders, to see him. Yep. And so they get to him and uh, they stab him. Yep. They stab him with a, a morgul blade. Morgul blade. But uh, when Frodo's in the state, he can see them clearer too. And it's said that they had deathly white faces and terrible eyes and that they're robed in gray and carry swords. The tallest one wore a crown and that's the one that stabbed Frodo. He had a knife and a sword and he got him. Yep, got him right in the shoulder. And then Aragorn leaps in. He's got fire in each hand and kind of fends them away with the fire right because that's that's kind of why they don't feel too scared lighting fires i just remember Mm -hmm. because fire kind of wards them off yeah so right so and then frodo takes off the ring and just kind of passes out yeah and yeah they just after that they leave weathertop and they just kind of have a difficult journey yeah they have to get some FLS or King's Foil or whatever to help with his wound but um it's not he doesn't decline that rapidly super yeah super rapidly it, it's kind of slow yeah and, and he's they kind of yeah i was gonna say he kind of maintains and kind of suffers through but he yeah. just doesn't really improve yeah he like becomes increasingly more fatigued and weak as yeah. they go it's like two weeks or yeah. something it's a long time and the wound closes but there's like a shard in there mm-hmm. so it's it's weakening him yeah So, um, on the last leg of their, because they're headed to Rivendell, and on the last leg, they hear hooves behind them. They hide, but it turns out not to be one of the Black Riders, but it is Glorfindel. Glorfindel, thank you for showing up. He is an elf lord and a friend of Aragorn, Mm -hmm. who lives in Rivendell. Yep. He had left several days prior to find them, and so... Because they, they hadn't shown up in Rivendell right. yet. They hadn't made it to Rivendell. And so they put Frodo on Glorfindel's horse and tell him to ride ahead. Frodo obviously doesn't want to yeah. abandon his friends. Right. But they're like, yeah, but if there's danger, the danger's going to follow you on the right. horse. So you're actually going to do your friends a favor. Exactly. And that, I think that's what convinces him. Yeah, it is. So they are getting closer to Rivendell and they approach the ford of the Bruinen River. Which is just kind of like at the edge of Rivendell, right? Yeah. So it's like really close. And as they come out, Glorfindel hears the sound of the Black Riders behind them. And he makes, he basically sends Frodo for the ford on the other side. Right. Like Frodo's on this horse alone yeah. and he's like, get after it. You yeah. you gotta run now. It's time to go. <laughs> exactly. 
and there are four riders who've been waiting leap out from the trees ahead to intercept Frodo before he actually gets there, but Glorfindel's horse carries them across the river just in time. And then the riders just continue to close in. Yeah. But thankfully, all of a sudden, Frodo gets a little brave. He calls out to them to return to Mordor, the land of Sauron, but the riders just laugh at him and... They're like, yeah, we'll we'll go and we'll take you with us. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. And uh, but just as they start to approach him, a rush of white water fills the Bruinen River and it rises up and it overwhelms them. The waves actually kind of take shape of like horses, mm-hmm. and it it takes them under. And then Frodo slips into unconsciousness, either probably from his wound, from exhaustion. You know, all of it, all of the above, and the you know the last thing he sees is the riders kind of being swept away. Yep, yep. And then he wakes up, and he's in Rivendell. And who's there? But Gandalf, <laughs> just sitting next to him. Yep. Just Where you been? <laughs> been waiting for you. <laughs> um. So Elrond was able to heal his wound just in time. Yeah, because that little bit had like really dug in there if they hadn't uh gotten it when they did he would have become a ring wraith just like the black riders woof which uh gandalf then explains a little bit more yeah a little bit more with there uh they are the nazgul and they're the nine the nine men men. who received rings from sauron yep they are neither living nor dead Mm -hmm. mm-hmm times We're in Rivendell. It's a jolly old place. Mm-hmm. And there's a party, obviously, because Frodo is now feeling better. He's awakened. Yep. He was out for several days. Yeah, or something. He's something out. like that. He yeah. was out. Yeah. And Does Gandalf tell him what happened to him yet, or is that a little later? Like, why he was delayed? Does he kind of give him... That's um, later, that's I think. That's later at, at the, the council. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But so they're having a dinner party. Bilbo's actually there in Rivendell, but mm-hmm. does he see him at that dinner party? He sees him like as he's leaving the dinner party. So okay. they have he sits with Gloin. Gloin talks Zir off about dwarf history. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're walking out and he sees Bilbo. Yeah. And they have a nice old chit chat. Yeah, he's happy to see him. Yeah. And Bilbo tells him that he's been seeing him a lot for the last couple of days, but yeah, Frodo hasn't been seeing him. Right, because he's been passed <laughs> out. He's been passed out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, before they have the council, kind of, I mean, some time passes, right? And Bilbo and Frodo kind of hang out, or is that after the council? Um, I guess it doesn't really matter. I think I think it's both, actually. Yeah. Because they they are in Rivendell for like a couple of months. Yeah. So I think it's both, but yeah, yeah. there, there's probably some between yeah. them that this and the council. Yeah. But, but we end up having the council and there's a lot more talking in the book over it, but yeah. there's a lot of discussion between hiding the ring and destroying the ring. They yeah. ultimately decide that those are their only two options, Basically, hide it yeah. or destroy it. Yeah. Cause they can't use it because essentially it's trying to get back to Sauron. Right. Anyone who uses it is going to eventually be corrupted and then it will get into Sauron's hands. Exactly. Period. Period. So, and we can't hide it because it will eventually be found. Yeah. So, we gotta destroy it. That's the only way. And then we gotta decide who's gonna go do that. And who is it? Would you would you have a guess? <laughs> well, actually, first it's Bilbo volunteers. 
Yeah. He's like, I'll take it because I'm the one who got it from Gollum. Right. It's kind of my fault kind that of it's my here. Fault. <laughs> but I almost just said Dumbledore. Whoa. Oops. Gandalf and Elrond are like, no. No, because especially after losing the ring or letting go of the ring, he's... Yeah. He's he's now aging. He's his age now. Yeah. <laughs> he's 111, you know. No. He's not as spry as he used to be. Yeah, poor old Bilbo, not going to make the journey to Mordor. Yeah, no. So then, obviously, Frodo is like, all right, well, I'll take it. Yeah. And at this council, we've got a representative from, like, every yeah. group. We've got elves, dwarves, men, and that's yeah. where... Boromir and Legolas and Gimli all come in. Yeah. And, you know, as we said, there's bickering, but basically it all ends with, okay, Frodo's going to take it. And then Elrond kind of takes some time to decide who's going to go with. Yeah. He doesn't decide in that moment. He takes some time. He does. Yeah. Because I think, like, the council disperses and then they come back together after a while. Yeah. And Elrond tells them, this is who Mm -hmm. is going to go with you. And he chooses Frodo, obviously, Sam, Gandalf, Legolas, Gimli, Aragorn, Boromir, Merry, and Pippin. Mm-hmm. And they leave two months later. Yep. They were not uh, swift in their departure. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're not swift. Most of their, I was going to say, most of their departures are never swift. They yeah. hang places for a little while. They do. And then they go. Yeah. It's not quick. The yawns. I'm so sorry. They're taking over. I know. Okay, so they've left Rivendell at this point, and now they have to cross the Misty Mountains. And they need to decide how they're going to get across them. Yeah. Um, so there is the path of Caradhras, which passes beside one of the tallest peaks. This is Aragorn's choice. Mm. So that's where they start, and then the blizzard hits. Yep. It's like mad snow. The hobbits, they stand no chance. No, they're, like, buried. It's, yeah. Aragorn and Boromir have to, like, dig holes <laughs> in the snow. Yeah. And carry them because yeah. the snow is so deep. And it's getting to a point where it's, like, uh, the hobbits definitely aren't going to make it. Can't and I don't know that the rest of us are going to make it much longer either. Yeah. and I think Legolas, Legolas is the <laughs> only one that's just, like... He can just, like... He's fine. Yeah, it said he eh, is so light-footed that he can just, like... Prance right along the top of the snow. You know what? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Come on, Legolas. So, obviously, they're forced to turn back because it just keeps getting worse and worse. Yep. And as soon as they, like, turn back, the snow stops. <laughs> Almost which, as if someone's trying to impede their path. Yeah, as long as it seems like there might be some magic afoot. Right. Which there is. Yeah. Yes, because we find out that Gandalf was delayed because the man who is his friend, Saruman, is not his ally anymore. No. He is not Saruman the White, but Saruman... Uh, it's something about, like, the coat... Not, not like, Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat, but he's, like, Sar- Saruman... Turncoat? Something. I don't it, remember... I looked it up the other day. What I did think was interesting is, I think it refers to um, Isengard as Orthunk. In your book, is it Isengard? You know what? Maybe it doesn't. Call, I don't think it did call it Isengard, but I don't remember now. I have it as Orthunk. Othunk. Yeah, Orthunk. 
It probably is. Weird. Yeah, it's Sar- Saruman of many colors. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because okay. and he kind of scoffs at Gandalf when he when Gandalf calls him Saruman the White. Yeah, he does. He just makes like a little, you know, yeah. <laughs> noise or whatever. Yeah. And then he reveals himself to be Saruman of many colors, and he's been turned by the enemy. He has. Because he has it in his head that... There's no other way. No. That him and Gandalf can share the ring of power no. with Sauron. Yeah, Sauron does not share power. Yeah, he does not. Least of all, neither would Saruman either. No. And Gandalf's like, don't play me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That would never... Come on. Right. So Saruman is trying to impede their progress any way he can. Yes. Sending spies with birds and all kinds of stuff. Yep, and now, so since they can't go through the pass of Caradhras, mm-hmm. they're left with what Gandalf thinks is the only option, and that's going through the Mines of Moria. Yeah, it's something that Gandalf reluctantly decides is really their only option. Yeah, and Aragorn is displeased. Yeah. He really didn't want to go through the Mines of Moria. No. But they do. Their other path was <clears throat> not possible. Nope. Impossible. So. So they go to the western door of Moria. It's near a dark lake by the side of the mountain. So they're going under the Misty Mountains, basically. Yeah. And um, they... kind of They have to wait for the secret door to reveal itself. Yeah. For they one. Have, they have to wait for the door, and then they have to do give the password. Right. Basically, it's like right. a little riddle. And actually, I think Boromir is the one that's, like, throwing stones in the water, disturbing it. Because they're yeah. bored. They're hanging they're, out. It's like, hey, right. hey, don't, don't. Don't mess with the water. Yeah, and they have to let Bill go. Bill the, Bill the Pony. Yeah, Bill the Pony. Him. Sam's so sad. Sam is really sad. Because Bill the Pony thrives while he's with them. He he's does. happier with them than he ever was with Bill Fernie. He's, like, really healthy and sprightly. Mm-hmm. And I do like that <laughs> That Tolkien told us that their other ponies that were, like, let loose and breathe, that they found their way to Tom Bombadil. Yeah. And that Tom, like, took care of them. And then <laughs> Tom sent them them back to Butterbur or whatever yeah. and that they were well taken care of and I, I just I, thought, I was like thank yeah. you for that aside so I wasn't sitting here worrying about these ponies this whole time yeah I appreciate you that was very thoughtful of it was so Tolkien. thoughtful he knew that people were gonna be worried about those ponies yeah of course so yeah they're by this lake they're waiting on this door to reveal itself and then they're waiting on Gandalf to figure out figure the out the riddle it says speak friend and enter and I uh I think it's Mary who... can't remember. I think Gandalf just sort of goes, Aha, I'm an idiot. Why did this take me so long? <laughs> yeah. It's the elvish word for friend. Yeah. So it basically is telling you what to do yeah. in the riddle. Yep. So they get the door open, but then because Boromir has been tossing rocks in the lake, yeah. there's a big lake creature in there, yeah. and it gets its tentacles out, and it's swooping in. Yep. Snacks so. Frodo. We gotta fight it off, and then by fighting it off and like getting into the door, then there's like a avalanche of rock. And so no. there ain't no going back out that door, even if they wanted nope. to. Nope, they're stuck now. No, no, no. So here we are. We're in the mines. Yep, in the mines, Moria. Yeah, they go. They go to a couple different areas, but we basically end up in this one room. Yeah. That is a large square chamber that's dimly lit by the sun through some huge shafts in the mountain above. 
Um, In the middle of the room is this block of stone and it's inscribed and it ends up being the tombstone of Balin, the dwarf king. Who we know from The Hobbit. Yep, another old friend. But Gimli casts his hood over his face in mourning because I don't think he knew. Nope, they were unsure. Yep. So inside the chamber um, that contains Balin's tomb, Gandalf finds a half-burned book among the bones and the broken shields. And the tome is actually a record of Balin's people in Moria, and it tells of their last days when they were besieged both by hordes of orcs and by a mysterious force much more ominous than the orcs. And the mm-hmm. final page of the of the record, hastily scrawled, is terrifying in its vagueness. We cannot get out. Drums in the deep. They are coming. That is terrifying. That is ter- They are coming. Can you imagine being trapped in a huge, dark... Basically, tomb under a mountain. Yeah. And it's like, we're trapped. We can't get out. The drums, they're coming. And it's just like, uh, when's that going to happen to us? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's very, very crazy. Yeah. Uh, Side note, whenever rereading this really uh, made it obvious how much uh, Sarah J. Mass was inspired by Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. for Throne of Glass. Mm Mm-hmm. Like... Whenever the Valg army is marching on them, mm-hmm. they have the bone drums, mm-hmm. and they're all in black. Mm-hmm. They're coming from Morath, Mordor, Morath. <laughs> they're looking for the word keys. Yeah. So there's like a trinket that they're looking for right. that holds their powers. Right. But I still feel like she makes it so wholly oh, her yeah. own. Oh, for so sure. So that people that criticize her for yeah. taking a little bit, it's like everything takes from something. Exactly. Especially it's, these days. It, so get over it. Yeah, nothing is new. Everything has been written. So, and so many really great books are like retellings of something else. Yeah. So I don't I don't get the criticism. No, I don't either. Because it it when I first read it, I had already read Lord of the Rings multiple times. Yeah. When I was reading it, I didn't think Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you weren't like this is ripped off. No. You just thought of the parallels probably after yeah. the fact. I did. Yeah, it wasn't I thought of like Morath Mordor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. oh that's like a cute nod. Yeah. But then reading rereading Lord of the Rings, I was like, okay. Yeah. This is, this is interesting. Yeah. But anyway, that's an aside. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're in this room and they're scared, obviously, and they're about to leave and they hear the drums. Oh my gosh. It's like the drums from Jumanji. You know, some stuff's going to happen and it is not going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously then they hear thundering feet and they're like, all right, well, uh, let's bar the doors Mm -hmm. and then... Orcs just swarming, swarming, and they've got a cave troll. Battling. God. Orcs, trolls. Battling, attacking. Attacking. Frodo stabs the cave troll with Sting, and then the orcs break through the door. There's fighting, there's all kinds of things, and Mm -hmm. then Gandalf sees a chance to escape, and he leads the company through the door, but... The orc chieftain, not the cave troll. In the movie, it's a cave troll. Mm-hmm. But the orc chieftain stabs Frodo in the side. And everyone's like, oh my god, Frodo's dead. Yeah, he's like, I'm okay, I'm sore, but I'm, let's go. <laughs> yep. 
he's still alive because he's wearing a shirt of mithril. Yep. And it's funny because they're while they're walking through, they're talking about mithril yeah. because they part of the issue here is that they dug too deep and it was Durin's bane. Yep. That happened because of that. Yep. And they're just talking about how Mithril is so valuable and they wonder what happened to any of it. And Mm -hmm. that they were talking about the rumors of Bilbo receiving possibly a shirt of Mithril, you know, Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. So, yeah, that's when it's that's when Frodo decides to be like, oh, yeah, Bilbo gave me this. I'm wearing this Mithril. Yeah. And instead of being, you know, mad or jealous or whatever, Gimli's just like, I am thrilled that he gave this to you. Yeah. Oh, Gimli. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I agree. He's probably also really thankful to be able to see it. Yes, I think I yeah. think that too. Yeah. Um. So, we're running. Yeah. We're sprinting, and they come to, like, a second hall, and now they're... They have to cross this bridge, the bridge of Khazad Doom. Mm-hmm. It sounds really menacing. It it is. <laughs> it does, and it, it is. is. <laughs> so it's a tiny little arch of rock over a bottomless pit, essentially. So they are all like trying to run across this bridge. They look back, and Legolas cries out in horror. Gimli covers his eyeballs. And this is when we see the Balrog. The Balrog. Which is Durin's Bane. Yep. And uh, this is basically a demon. Mm Mm-hmm. Fire demon. Not as cute in the face, I think, as they made it in the movie. It's a... They did make it kind of cute. It has little (laughs) horns. Yeah, it has a little cat face. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like a terrifying fire monster. Yeah. It's a... Shadow and flame is what it's and what whips. It it's and got a whip. whip of flame. So Gandalf commands all the other ones to get across the bridge, and he stands in front of the Balrog and he fights him. You know, he's got his staff. He breaks the bridge in two. Mm-hmm. The Balrog falls, but its whip comes up, grabs Gandalf by the ankle, and pulls him down. Yep. Before he's lost, he tells them, fly, you fools. And he urges them to get out of there. He does. And then he just, like, free falls. He just, he knows he's got to get down there and take on this demon. Take care of business. That's right. Taking care of business. (laughs) That's what he's always doing. Working all the time. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Fly, you fools. Yes. Oh, Sir Ian McKellen. Oh. He is perfection. He is. Mm. The perfect Gandalf. Yeah. All the casting in this. Oh. Spot on. The film. Spot on. Yep. Yep. We can't. We can't. We can't can't do it. We can't go there, but (laughs) we're just saying. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. They finally get out and like a mile or so away and they just collapse in grief. Yeah. They're so sad. But unfortunately, there is not a ton of time to be woeful. Nope. And we've got to get going. Yep. So Aragorn actually assumes command of the group. And even though they all feel incredibly hopeless, he leads them away from the Misty Mountains and toward the elvish forests of Lothar- 
Lothlorien. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're going to Lothlorien. Yep, they enter the woods as night is falling, and then suddenly they're actually stopped by a group of elves, led by one named Haldir, who he's actually been watching them from the trees. I think at one point, like, they can kind of hear elves singing or talking or something, mm-hmm. and Sam's like, what are they saying? And they actually say about Sam that you're breathing so loud they could shoot you in the dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh, dang. Dang. But, Shade. Yeah. But luckily, the elves recognize Legolas as family, as kin. And so, and they also know and have heard, of, you know, something of Frodo's quest. So they bring them up to their little tree platforms. Yep, they do. They do. And they are going to walk them all back to, like, the main part of Lothlorien. They do... <laughs> This part made me sad whenever they're, like, going to blindfold just Gimli. Yeah. Because there's, like, some weird elf dwarf Tension. Beef. We don't really learn, like, what the cause of the beef is. Mm-mm. No, we don't. But And Gimli doesn't really show a lot of that. I mean, like, him and Legolas bicker a little. Yeah. But, but not a ton. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, they're like, uh, we'll take you, but we need to blindfold the dwarf. The dwarf. And... Gimli is pissed. He doesn't want to be blindfolded. Mm-hmm. So Aragorn's like, we will all be blindfolded. Right. Including Legolas. Yeah. And so then they're like, okay. But I like that Gimli's like, I would actually just be happy if they just blindfold me and <laughs> Legolas. <laughs> and Aragorn's like, no, no, no. All of us will all be of blindfolded. Us. <laughs> I liked that moment too. Yeah. So they're blindfolded. They get Taken to Karas Galadhan. Yep. Um, sure. <laughs> it's the main city of Lorien. So is Lorien different than Lothlorien? I think Lorien is just short for Lothlorien. Okay. So there they are. Now they're brought before Lord Celeborn. Do you think that's Celeborn or Celeborn? I think it's Celeborn. Okay, Celeborn. I wish that C and C... We're not spelled with a C. No, honestly, C is a superfluous letter because mm-hmm. it either sounds like a K or it sounds like an S. Yeah, so just eliminate it Goodbye. and give us an S or a K. Yes. English. Oh. C is C. We don't need you. Exactly. So we've got Celeborn and Lady Galadriel, the rulers of Lorien. So Galadriel is like, you can take their blindfolds off. They're fine. Right. They're good. Right. So, Aragorn is speaking for the group. He tells them that Gandalf has lost Moria, and Galadriel is sad because she knew Gandalf. Um, Celeborn blames the dwarves for waking the Balrog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Galadriel is kind of like, nah, it's not Gimli's fault. Right, like, let's not do this now. Yeah, don't do this. (laughs) It's not this man's fault. (laughs) She knows the purpose of their quest. She knows about the ring. And she looks at each of them. Kind of has a private little yeah. aside combo. Has kind of like a mind-to-mind mm-hmm. with each of them. Yeah. And uh, that's... Boromir's... Mm, he is shaken. He does not like it. Nope. He is a shaken. Yes. So they're in... How long are they in Lorien? They're in Lorien for know. a little while. They hang out everywhere. They do hang out It seems far too long. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're tired. They need some rest. They do. Yeah. There is not a lot of haste in this journey. Nope. But 
Then we kind of get a moment where Galadriel calls Sam and Frodo or kind of comes over to Sam and Frodo and like leads yeah. them to this basin, which is her mirror. And looking into it, one can see visions of far off places and times. And but interpreting these visions is dangerous. So, but Gladriel fills the basin with the water from the nearby stream. And when Sam looks in the mirror, he sees parts of Hobbiton being torn up and what looks like a factory spewing smoke. And uh, for a moment, he wishes to run back home, but then, you know, masters himself. And then Frodo sees many things, a bent old figure clad in white, ships on the sea, a white fortress, uh, and before a final vision of a great dark eye rimmed in fire. And then he realizes the eye is searching for him. Ooh, the eye of Sauron. Eye of Sauron. Um, After this vision, Galadriel actually comforts Frodo. She tells him that she can perceive the mind of Sauron and resist his efforts to perceive hers. Mm. That's masterful. She is amazing. She really is. This is when Frodo notices the ring on her finger, Mm -hmm. and she tells him that it is indeed one of the three elven rings of power. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Crazy. Uh, But Sauron doesn't know that she actually has it. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, She tells Frodo that if he were to fail, Sauron would be able to overpower her. But if Frodo succeeds, the power of the elves will fade because it is still... I think they are still kind of linked to the ring of power Mm -hmm. just not controlled by it Mm -hmm. yeah that was a little hazy to me yeah so when the one ring is destroyed the other rings will basically cease yes to work yes yeah the elven rings will cease to work so yeah either way leads to sadness but galadriel obviously prefers yeah the latter yeah so frodo at this point he's overwhelmed and he offers her the ring mm-hmm. to keep. And yeah. she is like, nah, no thank you. Yeah. She has the same cool speech, yeah. or very similar speech as she, she does, does in the film. It's, it's a cool moment. It is. Um, and she's like, you know what? That would corrupt me, and um, I'm going to go with a no. Right, yeah. Thanks I passed the, the test. Yeah. So I proved it. to myself. I got it. I got this. I got the strength. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, the time comes and the company is going to set off on their journey again after how long, we don't know. But they've been hanging for a little bit. <laughs> uh, Celeborn gives each member uh, the option of staying in Lorien or, you know, to head on to their journey. And they all choose to go. They're a brave little host. I know. They are. They are. But uh, their next destination, however, is undecided. And Boromir wants to go to the city of Minas Tirith, but it's on the way. Sorry, but it's on the other side of the river from Mordor where the ring must ultimately go. But luckily, the company does not have to decide for a few days as the elves have provided them with boats that um, they'll use to like float down the Great River. And doing? And doing? And doing? Which leads out of Lorien, um, and then only when they reach a point where they cannot go any further on the Great River is when they'll have to decide whether to go east or west. And during their debates, Frodo doesn't really say anything, and Aragorn says very little, and 
The company as a whole remains undecided. Boromir, however, shows a strange reluctance to destroy the ring at all. Right. He wants to bring the ring to... Gondor. Gondor. He does. He doesn't seem to understand that the ring cannot be used against someone. Yeah, he keeps thinking that it's something that can be used against the enemy, and it's just yeah. not. It is not... No. Gonna. It's not gonna help. Nope. So... The elves also present the fellowship with many gifts. They give them lambas bread, which are wafers of long-lasting meal, provide a day's worth of energy. They give them ropes, magic cloaks that provide warmth in the cold and cool in the heat. They're light and strong. And they are also like camouflage. Yeah, especially in like rock, rock. and yeah. something else. Like in, in a couple different scenarios, yeah. it can be very useful. Useful. They have one last meal with Celeborn and Galadriel. Mm-hmm. And then they... Nope. Galadriel has to give them her gifts. There I are know. so many gifts. I was going to say, they, they this this part lasted longer than I expected as well. <laughs> I know. The gifts and the gifts yes. and the gifts. Gifts and the food and the hangs and the gifts and the food and the hangs. I mean, I want to live that life. Yeah. I want some gifts and I want some food and yeah. I want to hang out. Adopt me for a time, Galadriel. Come I'm, on. Yeah, I will stay in Lorien. Yeah. <laughs> Not opposed. Right. Okay. So yeah, Galadriel presents the Fellowship with even more gifts. To Aragorn, she gives a sheath for his sword, Anduril. Is it like any sword that's put in there will not break or rust or, or whatever. So yeah. a pretty sweet gift. Uh, and she also gives him a green gem in a silver brooch. Boromir, Merry, and Pippin each receive belts of silver or gold, and Legolas receives a longer, stouter bow. Sam gets a box of dirt from Galadriel's orchard that, it, when sprinkled anywhere, will cause the earth to burst into bloom. Aww. That, I thought, was such a beautiful gift, and I was like, Sam is going to make the prettiest garden ever. Oh my god. It's going to be amazing. So then Galadriel asks Gimli... What his request would be, because she just, I guess, couldn't think of a gift for him or, like, couldn't fathom yeah. what a dwarf would possibly want from an elf. Right. So, to her great shock and the shock of the other elves, he reluctantly asks for one strand of Galadriel's hair as a memento and a token of good faith between their races. And the, you know, just basically as a token to remember him looking upon her beautiful yeah. self, yeah. you know, uh, which I thought was so incredibly sweet. He has such like a, he has like deep wells of yeah. softness and kindness and sweetness. I thought it was adorable. He's a big old softy. Yep. So, and she, she agrees. She's yeah. not, she's not creeped out or she's like, if that's what you want. Sure. You got it. Here you go. And then lastly, Galadriel gives Frodo a vial of water in which is caught the light of Arendil's star. But the time has now come, now that Christmas is over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's not really Christmas time. Um, All the presents have been passed out. It's time for the Fellowship to leave. And Galadriel sings to them as they float down the river and out of sight of Lorien. That's right. Yeah. So now they're just on the river. And they're on the river for... A couple of days. Yeah. And one night, Sam thinks he sees two pale eyes shining out of a log floating mm-hmm. nearby. Mm-hmm. 
and it seems to be heading for Gimli's boat. So Sam mentions it to Frodo, and he then remembers hearing the pattering noises following them at Moria, the strange creature in Lorien, and suspects that Gollum has been following them. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yep. The we, next... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, we learn a lot about Gollum really in like the first half when like Gandalf is in the Shire with Frodo. Yeah. We learn a lot of that information there where in the, like the movie or something, we kind of have those moments in the minds of Moria, Mm -hmm. but that's when, you know, in even in the Shire, that's when Frodo's like, you know, why didn't Bilbo just kill him? And Gandalf is like, because he was being merciful and pitied him, you know? And then that's when he has that like great, like conversation about like you know a lot of people get death that don't deserve it you know can you can you give life to them and you know it's like it's yeah. that decision's not so easily made exactly so even though Gollum is pursuing him Frodo kind of does have like this thought in the back of his head you know that Gandalf told him you know yeah he doesn't really communicate it but I just I can only imagine that's gonna play a part a part later obviously yeah. but. Yeah. They got their peepers peeled for this yeah, little do. dude. They do. So Frodo, the next night, keeps watch, and he again sees a dark shape swim close to the boats, and he draws his sword. And then Aragorn confirms Frodo's suspicions and says that he, too, has seen Gollum and tried unsuccessfully to catch him. Yeah. Because as we said before, he's a... He's a wily little guy. He is. He's been captured and snuck out of a few captures. So they continue their journey and the current takes them swiftly onward to the gates of Argonoth. Mm -hmm. And which is a it's a narrow passage between two immense cliffs guarded by two gigantic statues, which are the likenesses of Aragorn's ancestors, Isildur and Anarion. Anarion. Uh, which they must now at last choose to go either west to Minas Tirith or east to Mordor. Uh, that night, Aragorn is uneasy and awakes during Frodo's watch. He asks Frodo to take out his sword, Sting, and as he suspected it would, the sword actually glows fl- faintly, indicating that orcs are near, though they do not know how near. Oof. Yeah. So the next morning, Aragorn basically just is like, hey, Frodo has to decide where the ring's gonna go. And the rest of the company can continue where they will. Yeah. Like, this is the important decision. The rest of you, whatever. Right. It's sort of like you, you can, just like they did in Lorien, it's like mm-hmm. sort of like you can go your own way. You can go with Frodo. You know, we can take different little side missions, but this decision right here is gonna yeah, yeah. be a big deal. Exactly. And so Frodo asks for an hour alone to decide, and he walks through the woods, and secretly, Boromir is following him. Mm-hmm. So once they are kind of out of hearing of the rest of the crew, he approaches Frodo, and he tries to convince him to go to Minas Tirith and not throw the ring away, and instead use it as a yeah. weapon against Sauron. So Frodo... He obviously refuses. Mm-hmm. Duh. And Boromir is pissed and is s- suddenly overcome with an uncontrollable d- desire for the ring. Mm-hmm. So he leaps 
toward Frodo, and Frodo basically just puts the ring on to get away. Right. And then the madness leaves Boromir, and he realizes what he's done, and he falls to the ground and weeps. Yeah. Because he's a good guy at the... He is. He just, he's easily manipulated as as this story shows or says a lot that the hearts of men are very weak. Not all men, but a lot of men. Yeah. So, oof. And this is when Frodo kind of realizes he's got to go to Mordor alone. Yeah. Because, I mean, he already watched the ring corrupt Boromir. It's like, I can't risk that. Yeah. Yep. Yikes. So... Yeah, I, I love that it, it talks about how Frodo loves those whom he can trust far too much to lead them to what seems a certain death. So that's yeah. kind of part of his decision as well. It is, yeah. But, oh. I know. But while Frodo's gone, the others are down at the shore, and they're starting to worry, and they're debating among themselves like where the ring should go and wondering why Frodo is taking so long to decide because, again, he asked for like an hour, and it's been hours, I think. Yeah. And then, don't they kind of go like, hey, where's Boromir? And that's when Boromir shows up. Yeah. And he's, like, sad and grim, and he tells them that he scared Frodo off. And although Boromir does not reveal that he tried to take the ring from Frodo. Yeah. He does let them know that he... He scared him off. Yeah. 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 So, filled with concern, they scatter through the woods, and they're calling out to Frodo trying to find him. Uh, In vain, Aragorn insists that they divide up into pairs and search, and he runs off after Sam and sends Boromir to look after Merry and Pippin. Yeah. But then uh, Aragorn quickly catches up to Sam and tells him that he thinks that there is danger near. So the ranger, a.k.a. Aragorn, decides to go up to the top of Amonhen and look around. And then Sam hurries after Aragorn for a bit, but then soon loses sight of him. And then when Sam stops, he kind of realizes that Frodo's probably making for the boats. Like, he's like, he's been gone for a while on purpose. Mm -hmm. He's intending to go to Mordor alone. So he quickly dashes down to the shore to see if the boats are still there. And he sees one slipping into the river kind of seemingly on its own. Yep. So he runs after it, splashes off into the water, pretty much drowns. Yep. Because as we said before, there are some hobbit folk that are, like, boat-faring and river-liking, but most of them are not. And most of them that are, like, in the Shire don't play in the water and don't know how to swim. Yeah, definitely not any hobbiton hobbits. No. Which, Sam is a hobbiton hobbit. Yes. Through and through. Through and through. So, Frodo is then forced to save Sam from drowning and right. pulls him into the boat. Not forced, like, he reluctantly yeah. saves him. Yeah. It's just like, oh, he's drowning. Yeah. I gotta and do like, something about this. Yes, it makes him turn around and yeah. save him. So, and then Sam refuses to be left behind, and Frodo is relieved, of course. Yeah. Accepts his company, and Sam grabs his pack, and they head toward Mordor. Yep. And that's, and that's the end. Yeah, that's where the book ends. Mm-hmm. I do want to note, I forgot to say earlier, that Gildor is the one that tells Sam not to leave Frodo. It's he not is. Gandalf. Yep. It's Gildor who says, don't you leave him Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. I don't mean to. Yeah. He says, so. 
They had to give it to Gandalf because they didn't have Gilder in the Exactly. Movie. Yep. But I I think that even if someone hadn't charged him with that responsibility, Sam still would have gone after him anyway. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it wasn't like, oh, well, they told me not to leave him, so I, I gotta go. I think he would have done it regardless because he already proved how loyal and fierce he was. I agree. He definitely would have uh, gone with him. Yep. Um... Okay, so before we get into our final thoughts, we usually do our next novel. Should we should we leave them on a cliffhanger and not tell them? Ooh, you know what? We should leave them on a cliffhanger. Normally we tell you what we're going to read next, but we're not going to tell you. No, nope, not this time. Is it going to be another We Watched Movies? Like, maybe. Is it going to be a surprise book? Maybe. Maybe. You don't know. And we aren't going to tell you until the episode comes out. Ooh. <laughs> Excite. We are heading into spooky season. We are. Hey. <laughs> this kind of was a good but It had some spooky moments. It does. So. I mean, ring rays. Yeah. Demons. Yeah. I feel like we rushed through some spots. Like, I hope I didn't yeah. cut out a lot of the things that you wanted to say about the discussion. No. About the ring. But there's yeah. just a... There's a lot of resting and a lot of talking. Yeah, there is. And it's not bad. It's enjoyable to read, but when you're doing a recap, that's not that those aren't the things you no. want to put in it. No. <laughs> but when you're reading through it, it's enjoyable. Fun and yes. Yeah. Just deepens the Exactly. The moment and yeah. the world and, and it's great. But yeah. yeah. Hard to com- not not hard to convey, just Tedious to convey to you. <laughs> yeah. Just go read it. Yeah, just read Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. You can get it on Kindle. Yeah. If you're going to listen to it, the guy that I... Because I, on this one, I I wanted to fully just read it with my eyeballs, but time did not permit. So I had to half read, half listen. And the guy that did the narrating that I heard did a really good job. But I believe Andy Circus probably did just as good as a job or even better. I really enjoyed listening to him do parts of The Hobbit. So. Yeah, me too. Um, I have two versions of the trilogy in my Audible. Mm-hmm. There's like a dramatized version. I almost listened to the dramatized and then I was like, what? That seemed, it was so much shorter than the book. So I was like, yeah. okay, this is not the same. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I think they're reading like the actual screenplay of the films. I think that's okay. what the dramatized version is. They're very fun to listen to. Oh, I bet. Um, but yeah, so I also have like the regular audiobooks, and they're narrated by Rob Inglis, mm-hmm. and it is very good. It does sound like it almost sounds vintagey. Oh. The way it's narrated. Almost like, is it kind of like a radio show it back in the day? Sounds like that kind of a thing. Yeah. Very cool. So, I really enjoy it. So. Yeah, that's awesome. But, yeah. What is there to say about Lord of the Rings? It's amazing. It's so good. I loved it. Yeah. Again, I, I definitely plan to, like, read with my... Because, for me, when I listen, I retain, but, like, I, I retain it much more mm-hmm. when I read it. Physically. So I definitely will go back and read the parts that I had to listen to to just deepen my understanding. But all in all, it's actually pretty true. Once you get past like the first third, Mm -hmm. it's pretty true 
the films are pretty true to the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they are. But I part of me <laughs> part of me is like, oh my god, I'm over a hundred pages in and we're not even really out of Hobbit area yet. Yeah. But at the same time, I really enjoyed it at the same time. Like part of me was like eager for the adventure to start, but I mm. also was really loving all the random interactions. So yeah. I was I was being pulled in two different directions of like, yeah, let's do this and oh but I love Hobbiton anyway and so I, I really like this. I know. I uh I always really love any scenes where they're talking about the SBs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For whatever reason I just really love the Sackville Bagginses. Not them as like people are they're not really but how they true. talk about them yeah, how and they talk about the Sackville Bagginses yeah. is just hilarious and when Bilbo calls them the SBs I just almost die every yeah time. it's so good it's <laughs> you should get a little SB tattoo <laughs> oh my god I should that would be like what's that a, for <laughs> that is a deep cut yes no one would ever get it no that's what I'm always going for just with, for like, you yes when I'm thinking of like fandom tattoos that I want to get mm-hmm. I always go for, like, no one's going to get this. Right. Unless you are... If you know, you know. Exactly. So, that would be perfect. It would be. Yes. That would be good. I'm going to get it on the inside of my finger. Yes. The perfect. (laughs) The middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) That is the one I touched. Yeah. (laughs) That is kind of, like, my philosophy on whenever I'm trying to decide where I want to get a tattoo. Yeah. Like, if... I touch a certain place when I talk that's about where it, you want that's it. where I get it. That's, yeah. oh, I like that. I, I'll have to pay more attention when I do that. I'm so indecisive, though, when it comes to, like, putting tattoos places. But I know. Uh, but oh, but I, I thought it was funny, too, still speaking of the SBs. I can't remember. I think it was Mary, maybe, was talking about how he figured out that the ring had power. He didn't know, obviously, about the power power, mm-hmm. but when he realized that it had something special to it was a day that like he saw Bilbo from afar and Bilbo, he noticed that Bilbo noticed the Sackville Baggins is coming (laughs) and he put the ring on and disappeared. (laughs) It was either Mary or Sam or Pippin. It was one of the three, but when they told that story, I just cracked up. So funny. And then I thought, gosh, that would be so convenient to have for people that you don't want to interact with. Yep. I would love it. Yeah. Just going to be invisible for a little bit. That's the best part of the Ring of Power is the <laughs> invisibility. Oh. I don't I don't know what Sauron's thinking wanting to rule other people like just put it on and stay away from other people. What yeah. do you mean? <laughs> just be invisible for a while. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. Have your ring wraiths go get you snacks like Yeah. Just chill with your Stop this binding and smiting thing, okay? Yeah. Quit I mean, it. it. It clearly isn't working for you. No. Uh, no. Come on. It took, it, you, it took you this long to even, like, figure out where the ring it. Do you really need it that bad? I'm guessing no. <laughs> guessing no. Ridiculous. So crazy. Come on, Sauron. Yeah. Use your powers for good. <laughs> but, anyway, that's... Fellowship of the Ring. Yep. Five out of five out of five out of five. Fives and tens across the board. Yep. Uh, highly recommend. Uh, Maddie put a really big number. Hold on, let me count these zeros. We got. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Is that 50 trillion out Maybe. of five? I don't know. <laughs> I just like hit the zero. <laughs> so, yeah. Needless to say, we really like this. Love it, love it. Um, if Are you, you surprised? No. You're not surprised. Not at all. Um, if you head over to our TikTok, I actually recently posted a TikTok of God tier book tag. And obviously, my God tier fantasy is Lord of the Rings. So you can see the covers of my second editions. Nice. Lord of the Rings. I know a while back you showed one of your sets as I well. Did. I did. I showed that same set. In a TikTok previously, so go watch both of those. Yeah, and, uh, I'll uh, I'll I'll share them to the Instagram, especially after this episode hits. So yeah, yeah, they should be there around the time you're listening to this. Yep, that was a prize purchase right there. Oh yes, I did hesitate because they were not cheap, and then I said, "Treat yourself. <laughs> Treat yourself." <laughs> You only live once. That's right. Get the books. Get the books. Word eat of the, the wise. Yeah. Eat get the books. Eat the snacks. Did eat, I say eat the books? I eat, meant read the books. Yeah. Get the books. Eat the snacks. Buy the coffee. Do the stuff. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. 2023. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well, but... 2011. <laughs> yeah, that one just... Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, all right. Hey, rate and review us. Hopefully, you're enjoying this as much as we are. I have. We do have some ratings on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any written reviews that I've seen, but we have four ratings. Yeah. And they are all five stars. Way to go. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. And I just want to shout out, like. All the countries that we've noticed their downloads in, I'm humbled and shocked, and yeah. it's pretty flipping cool. Super cool. So let me just set this to all time so I can see all of yous. We've got the United States, United Kingdom, Netherlands, Brazil, Mexico, Australia, Canada, Colombia, India, and Turkey. So... That's awesome. We see you guys. We haven't heard from you, but we see you. Yeah, we appreciate your listen. Yeah, we do. We hope you come back. Yes. I hope the I see you doesn't sound creepy like a Sauron eye. It's, it's, it's not like that. I see you. <laughs> Why do I always make things creepy? I don't mean to. It's just the weather. That's it. <laughs> it's not me being an awkward little weirdo. It's the <laughs> it's weather. The weather. <laughs> yes, that's it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, send along your book recs and let us know if you've read any of the books that we've covered and let us know your feelings on the books that we've covered. Yep. Or just let us know what your favorite book is. What are you reading right now? Yeah. What do you like? I don't know. You know? Tell yeah. us. We'd like to know. We would. We're interested. We're interested. Invested. Indeed. Um, our music and artwork were a collaboration of the WRB crew. Everything you see and hear, it's us. Yep. We created it. We created it. We edited it. We photographed it. Yep. We posted it. Yep. Wrote the captions. Yep. Did it. We do it all. All of it. 
And until next time, look foul and feel fair. And read books. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye.